podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. And just like that, the season's over. We're left with a couple of dead bodies. We need to do a postmortem. How are you feeling? Just like that, fucking actual calendar year later. Yeah, yeah 350 you know. something days of FPL season. Holy shit. That was very long, obviously, very long. And I'm, I'm happy to see it, see it goodbye. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, you know. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to take some time off. I'm ready to. Yeah, two weeks. Play, yeah, I know. play some video games on stream, play some video games off stream, do some other shit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, actually like two weeks, three weeks, we expect the game to reopen. So should be about that. Yeah. See you then, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, do you want to talk about last week at all? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we could just glance over it. I had a, Monumental red arrow on free hit, unfortunately for me. But 49 pointer. It's not exactly on the episodes of things you'll have to see, but 49 <laughs> points just, you know, got a lot wrong. I, I mean, didn't get Spurs defense over Burnley defense wrong. One goal allowed against two goals allowed. Thank you very much. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, you know, I just kind of tanked it. I, I went in on Mane and, and Mo and saw that leak come in and I was just like, you know, Bench feels fine. I don't know. It, it looked like such a banter team that it was kind of like un, unreal, even though the it was somewhat of a credible like Twitter source, whatever. And you know that that didn't didn't go great for me. I don't even know what I would have done otherwise. Like I probably wouldn't have gotten points otherwise. Mane did score a goal, but people did do, did like mo to obs and a double change and stuff. I made the conscious decision to sleep through the leaks. I was just yeah. like, I'm not interested. I'm just yeah. this. I have nothing on the line, you know. Like if I yeah. get plus or minus ten points based off some fucking leak, like I just don't care. Yeah, I don't like want to stress I, out about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, if I was like 12k or something, and I was like very into like needing to do well in the last week, I would probably have made changes. But yes, yes. as things were, that's I mean, and my bench. I mean, I got fucking like 30, 20 points off my bench, and or on my bench, they all stayed on my bench. So that's yeah, also I points, felt. Yeah, that's also I kind of felt okay. Like maybe he's just going to give him a total. It doesn't matter. I, this is already too long. Yeah, <laughs> didn't do well, Dilv. Just El Mago didn't come in with the points. Yeah. Redders forgot that it was game week thirty eight. Thought it was game week one. Didn't come in with points. Wasn't Alonso, great. our best, our best pick. Yeah, Mark Marco say. I mean that that was nice. <laughs> what that about you? Great. Had you? Had there you were go? what? There were two cleans or three cleans. Three, three cleans. There were City, Chelsea. United, and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, no yeah. one got that right. Basically, yeah. um, I, I did have three cleans on my team. Just two of them were on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did about average. I think sixty-three. Yeah, about average. Still a nice fat red for me. Um, my front line was good. Kane, Gale, and Jesus all came through. Gale, Gale pick. I had Mo with the one pointer. Didn't slept through the leaks. Martinez, like in terms of quality of saves, should have had like no. a five or six pointer but he only made four no. saves and, he, he, and he got deserved, a yellow he, he deserved one point yeah i mean watford could have scored like won the game. five yeah. 
yeah. very easily. So whatever. Four, four or five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right, um, right, right, right. yeah, whatever. One fifty-two k. Pretty bad. Pretty unhappy with it. But here we go. Um, housekeeping. So shout out to FML Field Prize League Mugly winner for July last mug of the season. Jeff Dodds, Jeff D, legend, friend of the pod. What can you say? Mug couldn't be going to a better lad. Good job by you. And then shout out to the FML Field Pub League winner slash the FML, I mean the FPL winner overall worldwide winner, Alexander Antonov. I've been saying every week. He just, like, keeps climbing his world OR. He was, like, three and then whatever. Caps, Kev, final day haul. What a monster. And then Alex, along with Alex Guates, Malte Wanderskog, Thomas New, Alex Nielsen, made up the top five in our public league, which made us the fourth highest league in the entire game on the front page. So, I don't know. That's never happened, I guess. Good job by you. Good job by us, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's not a good job by us. We didn't do anything. Hey, yeah. our name hey, is brought, on the fucking title. The yeah, <laughs> it's like the Stanley Cup. We're like the trainer. We're like the the thirty eighth name written. On not the even. Thing. We're like Goldman Sachs, like sponsoring <laughs> the stadium or something. We're like yeah, world champions, baby. Um, but yeah, all right, going on. So. I don't know where to begin. I think you know better than me where to begin. This is kind of so, your this is your bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, I love a re- I love a recap and a preview. I don't yeah. like the bits in between. I like the, <laughs> I'm the bun. I like the bun. I don't like the in between. <laughs> basically, you don't like the hot dog. You just want the fucking bun. Yes. Yeah. So, so, I think you know a lot of the kind of postseason pods are sort of like the recap of like oh my team like i got captain points and my vice captains got more points and i got the most points out of kevin like yo great like should have had them all you know no one obviously cares about my team or your team but i think what i what i tried to do to kind of look or research for the pod were some like players themes like teams and and takeaways from what happened this year Mm. trying to like distill it down to what it represented of like what is that player like who is that player what kind of bracket does what price bracket or what skill set and then thinking about projecting it into next year just like a lesson to be learned from it so you know have like a handful here and i think maybe we'll just go with that and then we'll take questions afterwards sure yeah i mean so, i'm on board yeah so i mean i think the first place to start is kevin <laughs> he oh kevin 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 so, I mean, the thing that was really interesting about Kevin this year was he started the season at 9-5. And, you know, last year was a lost year, kind of, right? Like, he had 59 fantasy points. And 9-5, he came in this year, was the lowest he's ever been. He's always been 10-10-5. But he's, like, the kind of player who's on an elite team, an elite player with, you know, he's a heavy hitter. And he yeah, came it, in underpriced. In hindsight, like ridiculous underpricing by them. Like, they well, just, I think it, he yeah. was injured. That was the only thing that happened last season that made him underpriced, right? Like, that's yeah. Bizarre. Well, I think that the two years before he was like right on two hundred on the nose, and they priced him at ten and ten five, which was, and he finished up like right at that same starting price. Like his finishing price was the same. So, so like that was about what players wanted to pay for him, right? Like that's right. a good metric to see right, what they right, start right. at. What they so, 
So I think they just baked in a little bit of a discount in case he was injured again. But at nine five, like we're like, okay, you're looking at a point five, maybe a one million savings. And he was in some teams game week before game week one, but not like that many. And I think by around game week three, game week four, everyone had him. So I think, and then you know he went on to just crush and have two fifty, and you know most goals he's ever had by a lot, by five, thirteen goals, twenty three assists. You know he's just a good player. But I think with him, and we've seen this like with Ozil, right? He was really cheap, and he went the other way, right? He was just awful. Yep. But when you have someone who is perennially or historically really good and really proven, and he's not like an old piece of shit or something, that that's something that we should take notice of. Like that should be a short list of players that we write down when we look at the prices in game week one. Like, okay, these six players have returned at a premium level, but are a little bit underpriced for whatever reasons, like last year or two years ago. So it's that, like when, that's Eric, sort of what and I when Erickson there. was like eight five or whatever. Yeah, like sure. there was any eight five or nine, like two seasons in a row or something. And he was he was right there too, like same, uh, like finish around finishes Kev, like around two hundred or whatever is that kind of player. Yeah, but, yeah, he's been around nine. I mean, and not not so, but just in general, like with Kevin is like this is what I'm saying. Okay, let's look at Kevin. Yeah, okay, he was great, obviously, and but he he was like an underpriced heavy hitter and. Like identifying them preseason helps you jump on them early if they're firing. Because, you know, if you're stubborn and you didn't get him till game week seven, that's, you know, 40K places because he was just doing it every year, right? Yeah. And a lot every, of every week. I'm sorry. Every week. And a lot of value, which, you know, we don't, we usually don't give a shit about. But when it's like very early season and he's already 0.5 more expensive by the time it's game week eight. That's pretty significant. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot. That's a giant price hike. But so how do we the thing is like we're based what you're saying is basically like we need to find like almost a loophole, right? Like we're looking for FPL towers to underprice someone. That, yeah. Because otherwise Right. So who who are even the candidates? Who are we thinking? For, for next for like, year? Yeah, for like an underpriced heavy hitter. That I feel like it's rare, but maybe I'm not looking hard enough. I, I don't think it's that rare. I think it's it's just like Kuhn could be that player next year, right? Like he played fifteen under fifteen hundred minutes, one hundred thirty two points. When he plays, he should be around twelve. Like he could come in next year at ten five eleven. Yeah, it's not Injury. a huge it's not a huge discount, but well, you know, kind of is it's. It, yeah, I mean, it's like could be a, he could be like a million less than he should be. Like that—that's the kind of thing, you know. Yeah. There, are, yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly there aren't going to be many players in this in this no, no, you know yeah. bucket. But you know that—that's I think it's just something like we don't realize, or maybe we don't think about it because we have so much of like the end of last season in our heads. But yeah. just thinking about the, I mean, maybe like Ollie, right? Ollie's a really good example of this. He had fourteen returns this year. He started out at eight five. He's all he's pretty much always eight five. But when he's playing support striker, when he's right, like a few. I mean, it's been a few years, right? He's yeah, had like been a, a few while, down yeah. years. But I mean, fifteen, sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. He was having like twenty, thirty returns, and you know, he's a premium player. That's he a could good come example. in. At, he could yeah. come in at eight next year, and you know, not necessarily starting with him game week one, but just keeping, just being mindful of that. Like he could explode, and that could be like where you. 
capitalized. Yeah, Spurs in general are probably all good examples of this. If you think about yeah. just that where their totals ended up in relative to their prices, like Kane didn't match his starting price this season. He finished with 150. Sun didn't match his price this season, you know? So maybe yeah. they all kind of go 0.5 under or something like that. But yeah, I, th- I think that's good. We should be sounding the alarms more when we see those kind of guys. Yeah, I like and I that. think it's important not to be like we should put them all on our game week one teams. Like I, that that doesn't make sense. But just to at least note them, like these six players seem like they're underpriced, and okay, they have bad fixtures or whatever reasons that we don't want them on the game week one teams. But just like they're on that like short list. Like if they start playing well, like they're early adopt. Like if we're early adopters on them, we could we could do well with them. So right. yeah, I got yeah. Ke- I brought Kevin game week four. So I feel yeah, like I think we were, I, yes. we were yeah, kind we of were close. Early on him. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. we were close. Yeah, the weeks I owned Kev, he averaged five point five points, and the weeks I didn't own Kev, he averaged eleven point three points. You're uh, you're Is good. That good? Uh, yeah, you're good. No, you're good. God, he was such a nightmare. Hate him. He wasn't a nightmare. He was so fucking good. hate him. Yeah, <laughs> only for me. You're a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, only for me. I had him um, most. He had, I had him the most out of game weeks of any player, and there were still that discrepancy in points. <laughs> and you I had him twenty twenty eight game weeks. Yeah, the ten you didn't, he had a hundred points. Actual over hundred. Woo! All right, what's next? Is this was that like good? Is that I like that, that. kind of? That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. On, and this is the honest, type of pod. Be honest. It was good. All right, all right. This is the type of pod that I plan on listening to before the preseason pods. That's like yeah. how I milk the most out of this. Yeah, I'll listen and then and then ignore all of the things we talk about. This is how I win. So Trent, right? Trent's next year. He's good. He's a good player. Good, good player. <laughs> he he had like fifty thousand returns. Started at seven, finished up at seven seven. I think the takeaway with Trent is that I, we need to, as a community, like fundamentally reevaluate how we view the position of defense and what we feel comfortable paying for defenders. I think last season or this season, like at the beginning of last season, we had the inkling of this where we were talking about like Dean was getting a lot of attacking stats. Yeah. Trent Robbo as well two years ago, and they came through again this year. They both like were Doc. right around 200 points. Doc, exactly, right? We historically, as FPL managers, like in two, three, four, five, six years ago, we're like four or five, cheapest route in. That's all we wanted to do. We'd try and cheapest route to the clean sheet. But teams evolve, and we're seeing so many players, defenders that are not only wingbacks, like Trent wasn't a wingback, but he was effectively out of position in every game he played. And I think we need to just think a little bit broader of formation and what we feel comfortable paying on defenders. We have no problem paying 7-5 for a kind of punty, like, worst midfielder on <laughs> yeah. Chelsea or something. Or, like, but a midfielder on fucking, like, Bournemouth, even. Yeah. You know, like a shitty I mean, team midfielder. Yeah, phrase 7-5. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, clean sheet is almost more bankable and predictable than an assist or a goal from, like, the ninth place team's midfielder of choice. Right. So I I think we should just start 
thinking more about spending more in defense. Like that's there are so many out of position defenders that are just creating just as many chances. A lot of created midfielders, you know, with the clean sheets. I think that's like that was my like Trent takeaway. Yeah, the the weird thing about just mids and forwards in general is like there's such especially mids and you just look at the top scores like there's such a fall off. There's five guys at two hundred. Mares, he had a lot of points, but he was kind of a disaster in and out for a lot of the season. Then you look at Sun, missed por- part- portions of the season. Spurs were kind of a disaster for parts of the season. Like, at going down the list, it just gets worse and worse very, very quickly. Willian really kicked on, like, after Project Restart, not really before that. Richarlison also, and Everton in general, had a really bad chunk of the season. Greenlish is next at 150. Like the fall, it just falls directly yeah. off, and then. But defenders, yeah, I mean, for the price you're paying, you're you're getting so much more return. Yeah, usually, um, I think that the main difference, like looking at it in that way, though, is with the midfielders. By game week, like eight, we all have three of the same midfielders, kind of, you know. So that that's the one thing with defenders, yeah. you have a lot more variability with who you have and who other teams are going to have. So I feel like you almost have more chance to gain points on the field if you're if you're kind of accurately picking your defenders versus you know everyone has Mo and Kevin and then one of like Mane and Raz or you know something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing but also yeah, with no, defenders I, I, though is like yeah, I agree ahead. with you and and we were kind of was it last season where we were like ahead of the curve being big at the back or was that two seasons ago? Whatever it was, I, I blend everything together, but. The thing that I'm also thinking about defenders is like we need to stop spending our transfers on defenders and goalkeepers, especially that's goalkeepers. Big, that's a, yeah, that's a big thing. Because so bad. Yeah, I mean we're picking <laughs> defenders from like the top eight teams usually, yeah. right? Like we yeah. we don't really go below that. They're capable of cleaning any game. It's actually not predictable. You know, like you get like a Wolves defender, like they could clean Manchester City out of nowhere. It just happens sometimes. Um, and you just basically want to start them every week when you're getting an attacking defender because, like you said, like they're they're surpassing the midfielders in points anyway. They're putting up comparable goal plus assist tallies anyway. So you want to start them every week. The amount of transfers that you and I specifically make in our like back five. I don't want to think about it. It's unbelievable so it's compared unreal. to the other managers who just unreal. like hold like hope for thirty yeah. game weeks. Me no, and you, it's unreal. Yeah, unreal. it's like your your goalkeeper with the most game weeks is Schmikes with thirteen. Mine's Ederson with thirteen. Thirteen. It's not where you like. Want to be. We should have one guy with thirty, and then our wild card, and have a different guy for eight. Like that yeah. should be our thing next season. I've never done that before. No, I'm I know. So bad. Cause, <laughs> so yeah, because they're bad. It feels bad. <laughs> so oh, I got to get rid of this guy. And like, that's ridiculous. Like, we're just wasting. We're just spinning the wheels, right? Spinning fucking dicks. It's horrible. I, it pisses me off. I look at this shit. And I'm just like, why did? Why are my highest defenders soy seventeen game weeks, VVD sixteen game weeks, Lundy fifteen game weeks? Like, why isn't it Trent 30, VVD 30, and, like, you know, then Lundy 15 or whatever? You know, it's ridiculous. I'm spending all so much time rotating in and out defenders when I'm already picking defenders from the top teams. They can clean any week. VVD didn't miss a single minute all season. 
actual play 90 minutes for 38 straight games. Why didn't I just have him? I should have just kept him. He's really good. He gets a lot yeah. of points. That would have been smart. Transfers are worth a lot more than fucking swapping out VVD and Trent and Soy and whatever the fuck. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, I agree with your defender take, and then I take it one step further where I'm just like, yeah, and we have to just hold our, hold our guys almost. like. Well, the thing that, that makes that really challenging, though, is that you have to get it right right away. You have to make a read, and you have to hope that that sticks because we do see defenses. So, so next, next we could transition from this to the next point. Sheffield United defense this season, right? Like that Insane. was a... That was a big thing this year, and it's and this was thing. similar to kind of I was thinking of like Wolves defense last season, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. promoted team. Wolves defense they didn't keep as many cleans, but their underlying stats were yeah, probably were, about the same. Right, and they're picking up wins and stuff in a similar way where we knew yeah. they were a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we see something like Sheffield United defense, like it wasn't like Lundstrom's playing out of position, whatever, but. It wasn't. It didn't take that long to see that they were grinding out like win to nils, like a lot in the beginning of the season. So every year, like there's a defense or a couple teams whose defenses look good, like tight. You know, have a couple good players, and they had five, four, four defenders in the top, like eight in points. Egan, Baldock, Stevens, Lundstrom. Figuring out that defense and investing in it early and holding is like a really big thing to do. And I think that's like really hard, but it just got me thinking of like, how do we take what we saw from Sheffield United defense this season and apply it next season? Like, do we look at, you know, maybe, I don't know, Newcastle wild card. Is that an early wild card take, you think? It might be. Yeah. I mean that say that, more. Go ahead. It just seems like the sort of thing where I mean I we talked about this on last year's postmortem, but we didn't really do it where early wildcard you and I usually think about wildcard as changing up the premium positions or major surgery because we have like red cards and injuries and suspensions and stuff. Whereas last year postmortem we were talking about Maybe actually the best time to wild card is like holding our long term guys because they're really good on the best teams and figuring out all the fringes. Like making seven other moves to get like okay, triple chef you at the back plus Doc to our you know Liverpool guys that we're just keeping all season and you know a couple glue guys in midfield and forward alongside like Kuhn and Kev and Salah or something. That seems like a more worthwhile wild card to me because the premium guys, it's easy to bounce around, right? And that's, and furthermore, that's where we want to use our transfers, right? We don't want to be using transfers on, you know, fucking Iose oh, Perez speak, to, speak the, your, to the it, next. That's on defense, and that, that's where I want to spend my transfers. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I want to be swapping, like, Iose Perez to fucking, you know, dick fuck now, on some other bad team, you know? Like, that's. Yep. That's where we end up spending all our transfers, and we don't get any points from either guy. <laughs> just either it's, side. It's, it's just so bad. Fun, though. It's like it's we, so yo, fun. It's, it's so fun, which is why we fall into it. It's like candy to us. Like we just are like, oh my god. It's like we see it as like an opportunity. You know, Gaston it's Ramirez. Like, Do you realize how low Gaston Ramirez is on? We could own wait, him. He's only five uh, five. We gotta get. Up, I mean, he's under one percent. 
Like, we look at a team like Brighton in the seaweed, and we're just like, yes, I finally have the opportunity to get this guy, this horrible guy on a bad team. This is, like, great. I can't wait to transfer out IOZ Press to get some other horrible guy. Whereas we should just be finding our fucking version of, like, whatever, some cheap guy we can just hold all season and be bouncing around from, like, Raz, Mane, Mo, Kev, Kuhn, Kane, Obbs. When they have their good runs and and do that, be cool like that. Yeah, I mean that's one way to look at it for sure. Most <laughs> uh, more so, such a rant pod. It's just like uh, uh, it's good stuff because I mean you know I I could easily spend five minutes talking about okay well if you have obs you don't know where the points are coming you know he's at two hundred plus like you know yeah, you just yeah, hold yeah. them you know whatever but blah 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 check this out. <laughs> when we when we see the team like the defense that surprises us though like this is something the second part of this that was interesting to me in thinking about is how heavily do you invest like when you see Sheffield United this season say you identify them they're like sort of middling to elite defensive stats they've been good like do you go whole hog or is it still something that you want to sprinkle like how many shares kind of a thing what do you what do you feel about that a lot of leaning back this episode and just thinking because like last that. year, right with Wolves was yeah. exact. We did this exact thing with Wolves last year, yeah. and I had we like both Bennett, like tripled up. I think yeah, and I think I got one clean in like seven weeks. Like they gave up one goal every game. Yeah, Do you yeah. remember that? I, remember. I was like ap- apoplectic, couldn't handle it. Vividly remember it. Was a fucking it. nightmare <laughs> every game. It was a nightmare. I it was could not wild. take it. It was but wild. that. But I was like, okay, like this team, I think they're a really good defense. So I got three of them, and, and cheap, it was awful. Right? Cheap, yeah, yeah. yeah cheap. That's the biggest thing. They're they're cheap. I mean, we're not talking about like fucking city. Like, oh yeah, they're keeping clean. But with a team like <laughs> like Sheffield United, where they're all four or five or four or five, right? <laughs> oh man, what's such a nightmare? Oh, Basically, we're saying, yeah, in hindsight, just jump on the best team and don't jump on the bad team. It keeps no cleans. Like, no, but it's it's the thing with this is because, like, okay, we had Lundstrom, right? We honed him the whole time, like, cool, but, like, everyone had him. So yeah, do you get ahead by just doing that and not putting too many shares, or do you put two or three feet in the water, two feet in an <laughs> <the> arm? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You're saying about doubling or tripling. Uh, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't but know what to say. We don't have three legs. We don't have three feet. I don't know what to Two say. Two feet and one leg. Yeah, just go all in, I guess. Go whole hog. I don't know what the fuck to say. Like, what's... Okay, I guess... What is the downside of going whole hog? It's that you end up with your situation with wolves, right? Yeah. And they're yes. just a nightmare. Yes. But in this no, scenari- but it's like... Yeah. No, but, but the scenario good, that I'm talking about is that when... We do go whole hog, but alongside our mainstays. Yeah. And therefore, it's not as bad, right? Yeah, because like, you say, get points from the other guys. Yeah, right? you go triple chef you. Lundy eventually gets dropped as a nightmare. He's on your bench, whatever. But you still have Trent Robbo. It's like your defense as a whole is fine, and you're still doing... You're not spending yeah, transfers in defense. Playing five at the back there, though, or something? I don't know. Four? All right. Four, two or something? No, I see what you're saying. Right? You get, like, Hendo, Lundy... Egan, that's what you wild card in and game five wild card or something. So for, alongside but forget Trent about Robert. the content. Talk about the process. Like forget about the. So you like getting, like you like looking at and saying, okay, this defense is good. I'm gonna get a bunch, and maybe I don't start them all every week. But you want to have as many shares as you can if you think 
rather than diversifying. Because a lot of people do that, right? A lot of people don't want two. They want one from here, one from here, one from here, so that they can yeah, keep I mean, their... that's like the normal strategy, right? Or, or yeah. figuring out a rotation. But we found, I feel like, in the past, that rotation based on cleans, like, isn't that effective? Because the bad teams are just really bad. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I okay. don't know. That, I've never. That's, I, that's, my problem with postmortem is I never feel confident enough in all of these theories. They're just like theories. If that makes sense. I we change every fucking yeah. month. Like I don't feel confident about any of it. It's just thinking. I mean, it's like we're just throwing ideas out there. Yeah, and then that, we have to. That's why I want to listen before the preseason because I want to be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. This idea. makes that's sense. Cool. This the, but, yeah, exactly. But that's the point of this is to come up with like, what did we? What are we trying to learn from this? Right, it's right, not right. to just. It's not to just reflect and recap like, right. oh, Mo's really good. He did it again. Like great. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I should captain right. Like like okay, okay, cool, dude. Like it's to think about these types of like macro or these like theory things, right? And to yes, obviously we're not talking about like oh we're right. Like I'm fucking dumb and wrong about pretty much everything here. I think, but just to get everyone like thinking about these topics, yeah. right? Just uh, thinking that's about the strategy. That's all. That's what we're doing. That's oh, we're, we're doing, doing a good here. job of that. I think. Okay, so let's go to Ings next. So Ings, what a obvious. Miss. Obvious miss for both of us here this Huge. year in, in FMLFPL yeah. land, but basically like distilling Ings into what is what kind of a player does he represent? Always has had the skills, but never able to put it together. You know, injury prone. He's only had one year before this year that he came close to three thousand minutes. Was in two thousand fourteen. I mean, we were like fucking basically in college then. Well, not really, but whatever. <laughs> not really. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. You know, that injury-prone pl- injury player that, like, finally does it, finally puts the pieces together and puts in a lot of points. Injury-prone players. Like, it doesn't or does it make sense to apply a rule for players that are injury-prone? Like, the more I thought about this, the less I thought it made sense to shy away from them because they're always just... We get 38 transfers, right? They're always one transfer away from just someone else in that price bracket. So if the player has the skills, I feel like we should almost throw their injury history completely out the window and look at them more just for evaluating. Like they're healthy now. We get a transfer every week. And and if in the best case scenario they don't get injured, then we're flying, right? Like we're so happy. And if they do get injured, then we just spend a transfer. But to not pick a player who has good skills – like good underlying stats, good skills, good eye test, because we think they might get injured because they have done in the last few years, doesn't really seem to make sense on like this small one year game, like this little micro game that we play. So that that was what I took from Ings. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, while you were talking, I was thinking actually injury prone guys are kind of we should almost like search get them. for them. Because they're the type that are going to be underpriced, like the first thing that we talked about, mm-hmm. right? Like they're like Kuhn, like you brought up Kuhn as an example of someone who might be underpriced. He's also someone who's injury prone. Like we're never scared of getting Kuhn because it's like when he's fitting, he can hat trick in any game, so we just get him. That's great. But like, yeah, I mean that maybe that is a good source of like guys who were. I mean that's why Kevin was underpriced this year, right? Yeah, he came yeah. off a summer injury, so. Yeah. Maybe that is a a, a sneaky way to, to get someone for value, get someone who's underpriced. Yeah. And I think also with that is, I mean, we started off this season 
And I think from the last season, we were kind of like the value of a transfer is very high. Yeah. I feel like I'm like on the other side there. Like, I don't feel like the value of a transfer is very high anymore because hitting the explosive like hits is what gets you chunk rises and finding four points. Like you're not going to do well if you're not aggressively searching for the hat tricks or the braces and, you know, right. spending four points here and there or using your transfers to go from, you know, if you get Ings, you go for it and he, he gets hurt and you, then you get, you know, DCL instead. Like, okay. But, yeah. you know, the, the transfers, right. We're looking for the upside and for the, for the big point holes. So I feel like the, like using transfers and taking hits, I'm like getting back around to almost like my roots of when I did take a lot of more hits that's before like we the, potted almost. That's like the main thing in my today mentally prepping for this pod that I thought of also. What do I was you, like, man, yeah, I, I used to be good at FPL. I used to just trust my gut, rip my team apart, take so many hits, like cap who my gut says is the best guy, not cap the, the obvious guy or whatever. And I used to be, you know, have pretty good ranks, actually pretty good. And then, like, I look at this season, especially last season was my worst ever. And I'm just like, God, I'm such a fucking pussy. Like, I just don't do the things that I think all the time. Like this, finally, I got Gale in my free hit, and I'm like, great. But I've been shouting him for a while, and he just was scoring points. Like, I didn't get him. Like, yeah. how many people in Slack, like Reddit, wherever the fuck, like, they're, we're talking like top 200 people in the fucking world are like, oh my God, thanks so much for the pod, like your shouts. And I'm like, what the hell? Twilight's a nightmare, my in where me and you are having just disasters, and everyone else in the world is thanking us for our good shouts. I'm like, what is happening? We're not trusting ourselves at all. Low confidence, not gut feels. Like, well, I, I think we. Know. I think part of our problem with that is that we like this season, right? We started game week one. We both had Ashley Maitland Niles, and we yes. both had Soyboy. They were both under one percent. At Great that time, calls. like no one was talking about it either, and they both had like they were both. I mean, Ashley was good for a little while. They got a lot of points for us, and Soyboy was a mainstay for the whole year. We don't consistently like we do that. We yeah. like dip our toe into that, but yeah, then we yeah. also play the template game. Yeah, yeah. That's we where try we get into and trouble. do both, and, yeah. that's, and, it, and we end we up fail doing it. neither. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that that's our problem. But we have a lot of problems. That's one of the problems. <laughs> we have a lot of problems. <laughs> so yeah. many problems. Too many problems for one. Too part. many problems. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think you know hits. I yeah. think yeah. Maybe oh, next sorry. year. That's we'll, what you we'll, were talking about. But yeah, the. The only, like, counterpoint that I wanted to make on the value of a transfer thing is that, like, that goes hand-in-hand very nicely with my idea of not using transfers on keepers and defenders. Yeah. Because imagine how many more good, aggressive transfers we would have used if we just kept Soy all year. Yeah. Like, why'd we get rid? He's cheap as fuck. He's on the top six team. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, we, like, wildcard. We're like, oh, we, like, gain point one value. Like, we're so smart. Let's get rid. Just fucking keep him. It's pointless. Yeah. It's actually pointless. And then, then we could have been making more aggressive moves. We wouldn't have held fucking Pookie for 10 game weeks if we just had an extra transfer because we didn't tra- transfer our goalkeepers. Yeah. I don't God, know. we fucking suck. So speaking of Pookie, next player here. Early flash in the pan. 
So what we do with him, right? We <laughs> what we do? We ignored his overperforming of very, very bad underlying stats. Yeah, like he's finishing at a rate that is like mass better than Messi. And we saw a couple of good performance for, performances from Norwich early doors where we think like, okay, like they're going to be open. They're going to be scoring goals. I mean, granted he had a billion points in the first five game weeks. Yeah, like, yeah, that that's like an addendum, right? It's yeah. like, he no, also I, got a lot of points out of him, but yeah. then we kept him too long. That's the thing. I think that that's, so that's what I'm talking about. So we see that you're like, okay, price is rising. Bandwagon's coming. Like maybe Norwich is going to be good this year. Okay. You, you buy him. Game week six, Burnley, two-pointer. He doesn't score a goal until game week 14. How do you evaluate like that player who's on a team who like preseason was not supposed to be good, had a few good performances, has some good points, and then you're in the middle of like second or third blank and the team's starting to falter a little bit. You know, what what do you think? Like, how do you think we could figure this out for next time? I wish I knew. I don't know. I mean, because, all right, well, it's, it's really hard to remember, like, eye test, but it, you can look at stats and, like, his shots started going way down. That was definitely a sign of well, the, the, the shots things. were down the whole time, though. That's the thing. No, but he had three shots against Liverpool. That's incredible. Then he had seven shots against Newcastle, two versus Chelsea. It's Chelsea. Two versus West Ham. Three versus City. It's City. Four yeah, versus okay, Burnley. Okay. You know, right, like right, those right. are good, but then it's one, two, 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 two. Yeah. After yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah which okay. is really bad. Even if your XG is high and you're not getting a lot of yeah, shots, no, it's that's bad. Not, yeah, they're not so that, get points. But it's hard. It's hard for me to remember. But I feel like the eye test, he was still really good. I just don't remember. Like <laughs> two, they lost two nil to Burnley, but he had four shots and point four XG. And I in my See, I, I, yeah. yeah, I just like I, I remember that. We were holding because of the fixtures, not because of the eye test. Probably because that, he it was, probably transitioned into that. I think. Yeah, because he had like that. He blanked Burnley, Palace, Villa, Bournemouth, Brighton, Watford. Like we're looking at those. Like, oh my God, he's going to get some points him for but, one more, right? Yeah, yeah it, it was like, oh, next the next game, right? It's going to be the next game, but they were bad. Like the team was bad. They weren't scoring. They weren't creating chances and they yeah, were his bad. numbers were awful in in yeah. like palace villa bournemouth successive games he numbers were terrible and we just ignored it so like, i feel like with i think that this kind of thing with pookie is like it's really important after the season starts to remember a preseason and be like okay they had oh, any team can put a few good games together but before the season, when everyone's looking at everything on paper and they're like, this team's bad, they're going to be bad, right. that's probably going to happen. Right. So I feel like when you have a player on that team who's like a bandwagon or a flash in the pan, that we should remember that that and keep them on a really short leash. And if you see yeah. a couple bad performances, regardless of the fixtures that are coming up, doesn't matter. Like as we as was proven very quickly, there were literally no good fixtures. The best fixture for Norwich is like Luton Town that they're going to get to play next year. They had no good fixtures this year. They were yeah, so no. fucking bad. I they think you're were right. Relegated I, by a million points. So like, just, that's something that I was thinking about. This yeah. is totally niche, but do you remember the site Football Outsiders NFL stat site? No. They were they've been doing like advanced sabermetrics NFL shit for a long ass time. They do 
when they rank teams, like say they'll rank a team's offense, they'll rank a team's defense, like whatever, they do heavily weighted that uh, gradually dissipates through the season. Right? So early doors is exactly what you're saying. It's weighted heavily off of like last season and preseason projections, early season. So they don't get tricked into thinking that someone like Norwich is, oh my God, they're actually good. No, no, no. They're not actually good yet. Because it's weighted, you know, some percentage weighted. They're maybe not going to get relegated is like where we should have been at. Right, because preseason's like they're definitely getting relegated. <laughs> they come out hot. We're, it shouldn't go to like they're maybe good, which is where we go. It should go to maybe they are the 16th best team in the league. And then like if you take that into consideration, then they l- drop all those points against all those really bad teams. It's like, no, no, no. They're going to get relegated. They're yeah, really like bad, they should, right? They it's like, we, need this. A, we need to have that weighted factor in our head is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think you're right on there. I think that's a good way to think about it and avoid it. But what do you think about just jumping on the band? Like, I still feel like you got to go for it when it presents itself, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we got those initial hauls out of him. You know, like, that was good. The thing we yeah. did was just hold him for like ten more game weeks, and that was a nightmare. Yeah, not ten, okay. but like eight maybe. But yeah, I think I think <laughs> we were also getting rid of bad guys at the time. I think, and so you know, it all worked out fine. But yeah, yeah, bandwagons in FPL are just—it's important and dangerous. I don't know. Yeah, form form, um, form bites us again. So next guy I had was Jim. So kind of that guy who's just not sexy, right? He had a price hike. He wasn't on a lot of teams, but he, it still ended up being not a, not enough of a price hike. Yep. So, you know, he started at 7.5. He'll probably be around 8.59 next year, I would guess. Yeah, he has but to be, yeah. That, that type of player who's just not flashy, who, you know, you're never going to captain, but... You know, you could hold for a long time with like a low, low ceiling, high floor. Just like they accumulate, like they, you speculate to accumulate. Like he plays every game. He is over three thousand minutes. He starts absolutely every game. He missed like I think is one game off the bench. Those players are really valuable in FPL, and it's hard to hold and bat. Like I think Rich is another like kind of guy like this, who's just. At this point, he's, I still feel like he's going to have an explode. Like I was pretty big on him. I think preseason, I thought he was he like, maybe a twenty goal. He's going to do that, but he's at this point after the last two years of like very similar years and points, very steady. Like he earns his price. You know, like that kind of yeah. player who's going to earn his price. Yeah, maybe a little surplus value. You know, rich or not? I'm Jim. Like we're talking about mari- marriage material here. I mean, these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Are perennially we we overlook them because we like the Gumars and we get attracted yeah. to the, the yep. new blood. But yeah. like you want to marry these guys, they glue your team together. You need these guys so you can use yeah. your transfers on the other guys. Yeah. So I think it's just those types of players who are not getting a lot of hype in the community. I think Vardy also is like a little bit similar to this. He had those couple months of red hot form, so he yeah. had you know a thousand points this year. He, somehow top the the forwards and the points, but like he was very unheralded. He was in no teams preseason. They had a few tough fixtures opening doors. 
And he ended up, you know, again, those those couple months in the, in the fall entering winter where he was just scoring every game. He couldn't yep. stop scoring. But, you know, that he wasn't – he's never going to be a sexy pick. He's always going to be just like, oh, God, like, okay, fine, we could do this again. But those players just do, you know, give you really good seasons. So I yep. think, you know, it's – even if the community is not, like, big on them or whatever, they're still good picks. Yeah, I fully agree, and I've come come around on that. And I think that's like a bob for next year. Hopefully. Oh, my God. If he drops in price, that would be so good. What did he start the season? 9-5? Yeah. I mean, he's got to be A5 next year. Yeah, no goals. He scored no goals. Yeah, he has to be A5 next year. Please. That's all I got. Great point. No, no. Actually, I have one more more thing. Okay. Not a player. So, this actually came out of every midfielder walking into Everton's midfield. I think after the restart, and I think honestly, it came from just watching like so many more games. I found myself analyzing a lot more based on the team performances than individual players. Mm. And I was trying to kind of, in the past, I would never do that. I would always look at players first, right? I would always look at like who's getting the shots in the box, like who who do I want, who's the best midfielder, whatever. But. Looking at the team performances and looking at just what's going on with the teams, I feel like is a lot more predictive or, you know, you can project into the future a lot more when you feel confident that, okay, this is what Spurs are doing. This is what I've seen them doing for the last few games. I expect them to do this for the next 10 games. Yes. Rather than like, oh, Sun's getting a lot of shots in the box. Like, I'm going to get him. You know, looking at it in the context of the team and what the plan is and what they're doing, I feel like that's something that I definitely have not thought of before. That that, that seemed like it there was something there of looking at the team performances over the individual. What do you, have, what do you think about I that? I have like a follow up, an yeah. additional thing that I actually thought about today, and you just reminded me of, which is, I think, I guess like Kane is like the good example maybe of this happening. I'm sure there's plenty of examples in the other direction, but I agree with you on the team performance. The other thing that we, I think put too much stock in and other people maybe ignore us or get lucky or whatever, or they're more patient is that like when a team are being, when a team is playing like a complete shithouse nightmare and like losing games and dropping points me and you are the first ones to call them out on that and be like, like I'm Lester. going, yeah, Leicester, Everton, Spurs, like I'm going nowhere near them, right? Like there are, they are a disaster. What we don't ever factor in is that the managers and coaching staff also see what's happening and might change things. And in the case of Spurs, I mean, yeah, like they. Barely one nil Everton. They got done by Sheffield United. They barely one nil Everton. They have the worst match ever against Bournemouth. And then they win 2-1-3-1-3-0 and draw Palace, and their players get tons of points. Here I am ripping Sun out of my team, telling other people to rip Sun out of their team, rip Kane out of your team, like blah, 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 and they end the season with a flurry of points. I don't know how dependable that is of a thing. But I just Fair. feel like yeah. I should be aware of like, okay, well, Mourinho definitely sees what we see, that this yeah. is a fucking nightmare. And yeah. they're the worst team in the league right now, <laughs> you know? And like, they change shit and, and get stuff going and, and 
change up the personnel and and try stuff. And yeah, you know, like you know, the shittiest teams in the league, like Norwich, whatever, they can't. They're incapable of doing that. And Fark isn't changing. And Dean Smith isn't changing. And like yeah, the personnel yeah. doesn't matter who they bring in. They suck. But like maybe those top teams, we we sometimes put too much in like the most recent two or three matches without giving them credit of like yeah, well they can get out of it because they're good, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, nice. That's that's my. That's all I got. You did great, and then you carried Thanks. us to like like fifty minutes already. So that's great. Um. All right, let's do some questions. Al, biggest fuck up of the season. <laughs> what? Is that that's a question? That's a question. Biggest fuck up oh, of your season God. with a question mark. That the we start, get this I every made year. A team, made a team game again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never know how to answer these questions. We've probably talked about our biggest fuck ups in the things we just talked about, right? Like, I'm talking about what I'm talking about, you know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. There was the week I didn't get Raz when he was our unquestioned best captain and ended up hat-tricking, and I got some... I got, like, Vardy, and that was just horrible. But I don't know. It's too hard to think about. So many things. Chucky, what traps did you fall in this season, and how do you reflect on them? I mean, we talked about the traps, right? I think we talked about Pookie. I think we talked about goalkeepers. We talked about shitty budget midfielders on bad teams. Are there other traps? I think all, I mean, I, I still also feel like I lost a lot of points just like hopping between premiums, honestly. Really? Yeah, I mean, I started with like Hobbs. I got rid of him after he was just returning every game week like a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he kept doing it, you know, I mean, that that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I mean, Mane and Mo, like, I feel like I had, I spent a lot of transfers, both one, one or the other, and, like, that didn't go great. Yeah. You know, Man City also, like, I had Kevin the whole time, but, like, you know, going between, like, Raz or, you know, Get Coon or what am, what am I doing with my City spots? I don't know. I, 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 I was, I was pretty, I was pretty bad this year, dude. I mean, I was pretty off. You had your worst like, season was, by f- so yeah. much. I mean, I, I wrote it off after the restart. I was already so bad that I was just like doing fun stuff. But I just, I, yeah, I was just misidentifying pretty much everything, honestly. This you year. had your worst was, season by tough. oh by three hundred fifty thousand places. Yeah, not good for me. Not good for Team Walsh. I think that was your biggest trap. <laughs> Uh, some question about next season Chuck said do you think Walsh has already ruined Ziyech for FPL next year or will it take a while for his love of him to take root and then Callum's follow up is what do we do with Chelsea attack next season clearly one of the best attacks in the league but Fat Frank will have a lot of options not always certain who's going to play what's the the problem with me having Ziyech for the whole year I think he's saying, like, did you curse him already? Oh, did you kiss of death so, him? No, he's so good, dude. He can he can go beyond. <laughs> yeah, no, death. no. Yeah, there's needs way more than just me to to ruin him. He's so good. It's I ridiculous. don't really want to even talk about Callum's question. That's like a preseason question to me. That is, that's like getting into my. Pre- I can't open my preseason notepad right no, now. No, no, no. I want to. He tried. I think he's trying to bait us into opening the preseason. No debate. Ask no that debating. again for preseason pod. Um. <laughs> 
Wolfie, which players would you call it now for Game Week 1 squad? How much does their end-of-season form matter? How much does fatigue or form from the European matches ahead matter? Wait, how, what, what was... What do you, what, what do you say? Which players would you call out now for a Game Week 1 squad? Call how, out now like that you want now for yeah, Game Week 1? Yeah, I think shouts for Game oh, Week 1. Okay, okay. And then how much does their end-of-season form matter? How much does fatigue or form from the European matches ahead matter? It all matters, right? Yeah, I mean, this is another debating question. What are we? Everyone's trying to debate. Just be patient. Well, yeah, some game week one guys. I, I don't even have any. I have none. Ch. Easy. I have none. Ch. Okay, let's go further questions. Jack Healy, I overlooked Burnley defense all season. You mentioned the Anfield rap thing about them overperforming defensive stats. Does this matter, or are Dice's Burnley going to keep Burnleying and be an auto pick next season? So one one thing, I mean, this could be a little pre preseason pod, but Burnley and Palace defense, like they're on, they're on the preseason notebook. I mean, we we've had like two three years in a row since Roy's been there, Deutsch been there. They clean against the bad teams, yes, and they they don't rotate well. You know, they're not like in like oh Sunderland Newcastle like home away rotation thing in the years past, or whatever. But those two teams are the most bankable, predictable. They will not clean the top six. They Palace, I don't think, did well. They'll lose year. all the games, actually. They'll, yeah, they'll the fucking six. lose every game. But Palace like will have thirteen cleans at the end of the season. They're all gonna be against like the eighteen games of like the bottom nine or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, that's who we clean. So yep. that's a very, very bankable, predictable thing if you're gonna be able to rotate the players. Like, yeah, I think that that's something you should definitely not overlook again and if there if there's any value, I mean, the Burnley defense this year was ridiculous. They were all like fucking four five and under. Like Peters four three, Bardsley four four, Taylor finished up four three, like Loton four two, like Long four. Like everyone was under four or five, other than Tarko and me were both five. But that's just where that it's just free points. It's actually it's free, free real points. estate. Yeah, as long as you can rotate, you you set your team up to do that. It's the most predictable thing. Is you just you want the yeah, Burnley yeah. and Palace defenders against yeah. bad teams. It's, well, yeah, it's just you, so easy. Like we said earlier, like usually cleans aren't predictive. Yeah, Those two no, teams exactly. play as conservative and passive as they do against the top teams yeah. as they do against the bottom teams. Yeah. So that's why it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. It's a good question. Yep. Yeah. Um we kind of talked about this, but Ozzy said, how can we get better as FPL managers at recognizing our blind spots? Pookie, Ings, Martial, all massive blind spots for me this season. Is there a way of testing yourself so you don't make these kind of misses? Yeah, I mean, not really. It's it's really hard to find the blinds. Like, yeah. you, it takes so much time. It also takes, like, constant checking with other people. Like, for, for me this year, the most important thing I learned is I'm just not going to be touching Lester again. And it took like so much agony for me and like talking to you, right? A lot about I keep, I get the defenders, they fucking start, they're awful. I get Vardy, it's awful. Like they won yep. the year. Like I never got Mares. Like I got Vardy late. Like I defended, like it was just, it's every yeah, yeah. year. I, I watch them and I just don't, I don't see it. And that's okay. Like I don't expect okay. myself. Yeah, it's okay. Like that's something that I just can't. And like Barrage is another layer of just like I have always had a hard time with him as well. And it's okay. Like I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just give it a miss. There are 19 other teams. A lot of ways to, yeah. a lot of break a lot of eggs to make a tomlet. Eggs to make a tomlet. <laughs> a lot of ways <laughs> to skin a chicken and then yeah, the egg exactly. of the chicken. Yeah, there's a lot of ways but to skin I, a hard boiled egg. But 
it's but you have to have someone to talk to about. Like you have to be able to self reflect, bounce idea off someone else, and hear their input. Like you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, but also I I want to reemphasize that it is okay. I mean, at the end of the year, we always see shit like number three in the world had no Liverpool players all season. Whatever the fuck, like who cares? But also, it's it's kind of nice to hear because there's so many different routes to have success in this game. Yeah. And like, yeah. even if Martial is looking really good and scoring a lot of points and you don't have him, it doesn't mean your season's fucked. Like there's yeah. a lot of points to go around. So yeah. maybe you had Bruno and you had Greenwood and you were like, yeah. Oh, it's fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Um, Ricky Chubbs, it seemed like the ideal team structure changed frequently throughout the year. Any reflections on how that might inform next season? That's a good question. I mean, that that's true. That's not, true. Not from I, I, me, really. I mean, forwards are kind of bad, but we kind of knew that, I think, going in. But I think it's just like the general no- idea behind it of, you know, it used to be 3-4-3 three, three the whole year. There's yeah. no question, right? That's every single game week. You just, your team is 3-4-3 three, three and it's just picking different players. Yeah. You can go like 4-4-2, 4 4-3-3, you know, you could do any of that. Like yeah, three, five, I think two. it's all fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's just, you know, speaks more to being flexible and not yeah. being rigid in, you know, yeah. what you what you expect to do. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um Paul M. Palm. With another season of books where Trent is near the top of the points leaderboard and three Liverpool defenders in the top twelve, is it time to set aside the bias against capping defenders? Should we strongly consider capping Trent in every match where Liverpool look likely to keep it clean? Oh, God. So this is another one of my preseason notepad notes. Oh. Is, yeah, is looking at Trent in comparison to the mids. I mean, you know, you have both the mids over 200 points, like noted. But Trent also is over 200 points, and he's like half the price. Trent might be capped. I mean, if, if, if Liverpool have a fixture where you want to cap Mo, like you cap Trent. You know, you put that five mil elsewhere. You know yeah. that that's that's a big deal. And I yeah, do especially think that, when there's weeks. That, sorry to cut you off, but when there's no, no, weeks, because sometimes there's weeks where like City have Norwich, and it's like okay, we want Kuhn or Raz, and they could score four, and City might score seven, and it's like we go for that. We should aggressively go for that if that's how we think the game's gonna go. But there's also plenty of weeks where Liverpool have like I don't know. Wolves and City have a tough match and United have a tough match and there's not really a clear captain. And like, yeah, maybe maybe the safe, dependable cap of like Moe's never wrong cap. Maybe that should be Trent. The avenues. The avenues are there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got direct freeze. He's got the assist. I got the clean. Corners. It, it just, cleans. I, I think, goals. yeah. I think Trent should be really, really... Like we, it's just like we were talking about earlier about viewing how much we spend on defenders. If like I think Trent is like a really viable every week captaincy option, and I yeah. think you can. We're talking about like okay, Raz going to be twelve, like Bruno's going to be ten five. You know, Chelsea are going to have players, and you know everyone's like, Kevin's going to be twelve. Like if if you swerve Mane and Mo, and you have Trent, and you view Trent as your Liverpool captain option when the other teams have tough fixtures. That could be the thing to do. I mean, that could be very fine to do. Yeah. Yeah. He probably had a comparable number of double-digit hauls. Like, less, but not that many many less. Yeah, not that many less. Um, wow, these are really, really long questions. 
Let me try and six. skim them. Yeah, it's like one or two less. About the same. Yeah. Um, Haffy, here's a pretty deep question. Feel free to ignore it. Not going to ignore it because I think it's something that we always talk about. So it's just kind of like a good point to make. But is learning to deal with luck and accepting that sometimes our decisions were right, but we just got un quote unquote unlucky, something we should be better at handling in a game with so much fucking variance and randomness? Would it be better played if we use our attention to focus on the process and how we make decisions rather than the ultimate outcome? By focusing on the decision process rather than the outcome, we can take away the emotion that comes with it playing FPL, or is the emotional roller coaster, roller coaster part of why we love FPL? I mean, yeah, again, I think we talk about this regularly. I feel like results based thinking and how it's bad and wrong, and we try and not do it, right? Yeah, I mean, that is a very intense question, though, honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm kinda, sweating a lot. Yeah, it, it makes you kind of think about why you play the game. Like, what do you, to me anyway, that's what I think is like, why do I play FPL? What, what am I looking for? Like, what am I looking to get out of this? Yeah. Yeah. As you mentioned, like in the question, it's mentioning, you know, taking out emotion. emotion. But we want I don't the play this. Yeah. Like, I don't play this game to be an automaton or to put like numbers in an equation or a spreadsheet to shit out like transfer in Joel Matip out of context football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no. I- yeah, the emotion is definitely a big part of it. I mean, we yeah. wear our weeks on our sleeves on the pod, right? Like, we wear our green arrows and we wear our red arrows. Well, I, I don't agree with that at all, actually. Like, okay. we know how we did that week, but yes. we don't let it affect, like, how we interact with people. We don't run away from slacks. Yes. On yeah. Sunday, when we didn't That's do all on Saturday. That's true. When hundreds of people do do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, I guess I just meant, like, if it's a quote-unquote dark pod, or, like, we're just, like, fucking yeah. upset well, when, with our team or whatever, you know? We we yeah. show it, and we're not afraid to show it. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're, yeah. we're honest. I mean, we're yeah. honest, and, and we it means a lot to us, and we put a lot of time into yeah, it, and yeah. we care a lot about it. Yes, and, you know, yeah. we, we want to do well, and when we yeah. don't do well, it doesn't feel great. And yeah, that's exactly. part of anything. You know, if I yeah, was yeah, a butcher yeah. and I put a lot of time into buying the right fucking cows or whatever and I bought some shitty ones and the meat was bad, I would be fucking pissed. I don't know if that makes <laughs> sense, but that's what I'm coming up with. It just you makes know? me think of uh, Chris Farley and Black Sheep or whatever. <laughs> oh, God. Down like by you, the river. you got a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a cow's ass, but you'd rather take the butcher's word for it. Yeah. But... You know, I, I think it's it's it comes down to that though. Is like how do you how do you play the game and learn and learn about yourself? Like for us, right? Part of the thing that I love about the game is that there is there's an inf- infinite amount of variables that we're always juggling. Yes, and we try to figure out what's the deciding factor. Like, what's the deciding factor for me to keep this forward and use my transfer on the midfielder? What's the deciding factor that I want to buy two of these defenders instead of one? Yeah. We talk about it. Like, we we critically think. We try and reason it out. Yeah. And we and lean like, heavily into our biases, kind of consciously. Yeah. And, like, we know, like, I know if I bring Ozil in game week eight and he gets an assist, it's going to feel better than if I bring in Mane and he has a hat trick. I know that. <laughs> and I will make the move because of that. And I'm Maybe happy not with a that. hat trick. Okay. But you know, like, I, I know but those are saying. the kind of, those are saying. the kind of, like, 
I, you know, if you are in, if you're aware of why you're doing the things you're doing and you're playing the game for the reasons that you distill and, and you're doing it, then, you know, that's what it's about. And, you know, everyone has a different, there's a different answer for everyone. Yeah. And that's what makes the game so fun and so that great. That is kind of know? what makes it fun. And like, you see it in Slack, right? It's like people who take hits and people who stay the course and people yeah. who have, you know, whatever. You see all yeah, I mean, people, the variety people playing like, styles. Yeah, people who don't come on until Friday, they say five things and then they don't yeah. come on until next Friday. And that's people it. Like, like and that's, you know. George, who only show up when they're on, uh, you know, 200,000K green or whatever, you know. Oh, naughty, naughty, <laughs> naughty. Get in! <laughs> Two more questions. Uh, yeah, fine. Up your arsenal. The best keeper strategy is almost always picking the right guy plus Woodman and sticking with him all season. <laughs> Excuse me? The yeah. best keeper strategy is almost always picking the right guy? When is it not? When is that not? How is that not always? Please. Who asked the question? Up your arsenal. Gotta ask him. At least need he got that. Woodman in I there. I need that. He said only swapping while on wildcard or if they get injured. Obviously, picking the right guy is much easier said than done. Are there any trends we can look to try and pinpoint the guy at the start of the season? Or is it a crapshoot and not worth the time investigating? Who are yeah, we going to have our, with our keepers next season? Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's nothing new here. It's, it's, we've been talking about it for the last few years. I think it's like the, the four or five guy, you know, team that might get cleans, might get saves. Like, we, we don't want to spend on keeper. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Until we do, and then it's horrible, which we'll talk ourselves into at some point, which I think we did last yeah. year. Yeah, we both, I started with Ederson no, I, this I, year. I, had Pope. I actually did start with Pope. I started with Ederson this year and De Gea last year. Yeah, I started with Pope this year, and I just sold him. That was great. Nice. Ricky Chubbs again, last question. He said, FPL feels like a constant balance of being patient versus aggressive. After this season, I think my approach is to generally be patient, but be aggressive when it has the potential to pay off with hauls. Does that mess with you? How do you guys think about this balance? I don't really get it. I think that's yeah, like what you he, do for getting transfers, or what are we talking about? Is there well, something it's different? just hard to say... That is the type of thing that a lot of people say and I think about sometimes. Like, yeah, I'm going to be patient, except I'm going to be aggressive at the right moments. But it's like that means nothing. What does that mean? That means absolute gabagool. It's like <laughs> I think what we've talked about a lot in this episode is kind of is kind of that balance where it's like we're going to try and only use transfers in, in the – on the guys that deserve transferring and try and be aggressive for the cap halls and try and be patient with, you know, keepers and third, fourth and fifth defenders, etc. That resonates with me. And I think that's like how I would like to go into next season, but I'm sure I'll yeah, I'm, fuck, I, fuck yeah, it up. Somehow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure, not yeah. sure yet. I need, I need to think more about, it. I haven't thought that much about that. Strategy, my transfer strategy. Yeah, it's a I've definitely, pod. yeah, like I've definitely done everything, and I definitely don't know like, what I'm good at or what I like to do the most. Oh that, my god, that's probably the next couple of weeks for me. I would love to fireside chat with my like 2013-14 self, <laughs> and just be like, "What move should I make?" And he yeah. would just be like, "Obviously, this move and captain him." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> cool." Where versus now, where I'm like, I'm thinking about that, but like. <laughs> I could just go Pookie DCL there, and we're on the pod like, yeah, I'd love that. And I just get them, and it's the worst fucking thing I could possibly do. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, anything else you want to talk about or anus laps, last words, and check us out? No, I mean, what are we? We're we're actually we didn't go too long. We didn't go that long. Yeah, I thought it was going to be really long. Sometimes I think last season's was like actually two hours. Oh really? What did we miss this year that we talked about? No, it was it was just three times as many questions. Honestly, so we 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 thirded our fan base. Yeah, basically. Well, also I deleted a lot of questions. Honestly, that are like for preseason pod because. No, for the preseason pod. Yeah, the notes can't get unleashed too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I have so many notes. Dude, that's an actual episode. I'm not joking. Just notes? So is that yeah. going to be our first episode back? Could be. It's like the game opens, talk about the game, prices, blah, blah, blah. Let's uh, do I want to do it before the game opens, I think. Before the game opens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, there are a lot of the notes are predicted. Like, a lot of them are, like, inquiries of what the price is going to be for some players so like it's like oh like if the player's this like then this is the the takeaway but i think wow. it's good to know before the price comes out because it's like how are pre, we gonna how are we gonna schedule pre-cog. that it's like the pre-cog, pre-cog pre-cognition and, uh, minority report minority let's <laughs> 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 that should be the art for the first episode. We should both like full, like full shave bald. our heads, complete bald, yeah. and just lying, lying down in, the in our backpacks <laughs> with a marble like images flashing above like, like the Lauren prices and, and transferring. Yeah, yeah the marble comes down. like a marble comes down. <laughs> <Dave was> like, <laughs> it's like oh, we're killing late riser. Oh god, <laughs> Recock. Amazing, amazing, amazing. That's good shit. So we'll try and figure out the timing of that. We have to guess when the game is going to open up and then basically pod the week before that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're up for it. No, I think it, and I think it would be a good one because it's like my, it's like my pre-priced thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, like, and it would be more of like we could talk more about it, like theoretically. It's more objective, and then when the prices come out, we have something to like reflect on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. All right. So we'll do that, and maybe a month or two weeks. Two. Yeah, probably like two weeks. (laughs) Next week. Check us out. Check us out. Uh, So two anus laps. Last two anus laps of the season. Um, Malte Warner Skog fifty fourth in the world. Get in there, Malte, and then Adam Dalton. Dude, Malte, I'm usually pretty bad with the pronunciations, but Malte said that I nailed his name. So, listen. Good job by me. And uh, I think that's it, dude. Any last words? No, it was a good season, dude. Good, good year. What is this, like our fourth year, fifth year, sixth year? I have no idea. It's our 251st episode, so that's a lot of potting. A lot of years. We've potted for, yeah, I mean, if it averages an hour, that's a fucking lot of potting. I think this is our fifth year. So yeah, next year so is our sixth year. Wow, that's crazy. Never stayed at a club that long. All right. <laughs> Check <laughs> us out at FMLVL.com. Follow us on Twitter at FMLVL. Support us Patreon.com slash FMLVL. Subscribe, rate, review, cheer!